In early 1940, Ultimus Richtofen and Schuster conducted the first human teleportation test. Ultimus Richtofen was so confident in its success that he volunteered himself. He was teleported to the moon, where he encountered the Ether Pyramid, calling it MPD. While inspecting the device, Ultimus Richtofen was electrocuted and began hearing many voices of corruption, including the Shadow Man. He was then teleported to Shangri-La in the Himalayas, where he was worshipped by the natives who built an altar in his name. Ultimus Richtofen also encountered the Focusing Stone for the first time. Corrupted by the Dark Aether, Ultimus Richtofen was gradually being driven insane by an obsession to reach Agatha. Ultimus Richtofen returned to Derisa a few weeks later with a plan to build a station on the moon called Griffin Station. He also renounced his involvement with the Illuminati. Hello and... And welcome back for the very first time to the second ever episode of Margaret Thatcher Templar Spy. I'm the shambling undead horror known only to the frightened locals as Joel Franey, and I'm joined by rumoured beneficiary of Operation Paperclip, James Law. Our job, as ever, is to dive into the online wikis and databases of various franchises and fandoms to see what they have to offer amateur idiots like ourselves. And today, we dive into the wiki of Call of Duty, more specifically Call of Duty Zombies, originally referred to as Nazi Zombies, which poor James here has been suffering through for the last week. I, I absolutely have. It's, um... <laughs> It's a trip. Like Call of Duty Zombies isn't just a story of um, of zombies taking over the world and you've got to kill them in you know, with your guns and stuff. Um, from its inception, it, it had a wild lore about alternate dimensions and time travel. Um, Did it? Sorry, God. weird shit going on from the start. However, from then, they have gone completely off the rails and sort of spiral more and more into a bizarre giant web of nonsense including godlike tooth monsters and of course uh space travel and um a consistent failure to like learn from mistakes um, well i that's that's a thing in most zombie franchises though that's true <laughs> yeah i mean that's, that's Look at Resident of, Evil, who, yeah. where all the scientists are going, I'm sure if we inject this thing with the T-virus, it will turn out okay. Yeah, exactly. Every, every, every government in the world is like, oh, you know what? Those zombies, they're really bad. We should definitely not use them as a weapon against our, our enemies. But, like, we could. <laughs> <laughs> but we could give it a, Like, the Nazis fail, but, like, they're the Nazis, you know? We, we, can, we can use zombies to our, to our advantage. So what was your understanding of all this before diving headfirst into the wiki? Like, how so, how familiar I... were you with the story and the lore? So I played a little bit. I played a few rounds of previous Zombies games, like um, I think Black Ops 1 and uh, a little bit of Black Ops 2. But from then, I kind of have fallen off the Call of Duty series um, and black yeah. ops as well i've not like played a lot of it until the most recent one black ops cold war came out yeah we, we've been playing that quite we badly have been we have quite, been playing quite it. a lot um i've been writing guides for it i've been doing all the all the good stuff um finding easter eggs and stuff and the mode is not afraid to pull you into its bullshit i guess um is yeah I, I very quickly learned that when i uh <laughs> when i started cold war zombies and we were told to run down the stairs open all the doors and then go into an alternate dimension and then 
everything goes upwards instead of downwards uh, yeah you, you sort of fall through the doctor who opening credits and then yes, suddenly is that, isn't you're it? in the upside down from stranger things with jellyfish glaring at you it's very odd yeah there are like giant jellyfish in the sky it's it's um it's it's weird vibes um because it it was a weird thing for me because i played the early versions of this mode i played the one in world at war and in black ops and i don't think i played any more from that point on and while you could sort of sense the story in those i mean less so in world at war but later on you kind of got the sense that there was something going on in the background you didn't really pay attention to it because well, no, frankly who cared you you got yeah well, coming at you like you, well you exactly but, but there isn't like... really downtime in that mode but then i didn't come back for it for a while like you said and i came to it now in cold war and it's just insane. They sort of there's they, all this I stuff. They like expect on. you to know that there's a lot of like absolute nonsense happening. I mean, the the zombies Easter eggs and all of the hidden info is sort of a one of the big draws of the of the mode at the moment. And like a lot of the super fans of the of the Call of Duty series bloody love it. For me, it's uh, it's a lot to take in, uh, especially looking back from this one to previous games that I didn't play and seeing. A, a lot of absolute just complete <laughs> utter bizarre mess of stories that keep colliding and uh, trying to make sense of it all and yeah, i'm aware that there was a one set in the 1930s with ron perlman and jeff goldblum which I, yeah <laughs> which, which felt like something i'm not sure what it was but something <laughs> there's yeah i mean okay so one that <laughs> well hold, hold on because I really want to ask you about that intro thing. But just to start with ground tax, because I'm so ignorant of the open quotes plot of this thing. See, I think In I'm probably, even though I've spent about a week <laughs> looking, at the, looking at the law and watching YouTube videos about it, and it's still, a lot of it is completely out of my grasp. Wikis uh, have that effect, don't they? You yeah. read my 12 pages and then you've forgotten the first 11 yeah, you think like, you, think you understand something and then you read the wiki so in that case then really basic question within the context of call of duty zombies mode where are the zombies coming from is it a virus is it a curse is it a uh, this is probably a way <laughs> so, more complex question yeah, you say I, basic question <laughs> well it's just like where's the origins from because so there are these godlike aliens called the keepers who oh, have I'm already giant, exhausted they, they have giant teeth um and big gums and no lips and they lived in an eternal place called agatha i think it's called yeah you mentioned that in the beginning yeah so they they lived in a beautiful paradise known as agatha and i'm going to find the page so i don't get this wrong fair it sounds like there's a lot. So, yeah, so it's also known as the ether, the paradise, um, the place above creation. So the first ever dimension that exists, and there's a beautiful house there, and the, the home of the Keepers, who are the ancient race that are basically gods, essentially. Okay. So <laughs> there's there's a lot to go through here, all right? Bear with me. I'll be honest, I've just Googled image search a keeper. That is a look. Yeah, that I, they are something else. Uh, <laughs> it looks like, oh God, how to describe it? It looks like just a badly carved wood statue with 
a lipless mouth pushing through the front. Yes, they've got horrible mouths. Um, God, God's first attempt at creating a skull. I, I really don't know how to I describe so, what I'm yeah. looking at. And so, okay, so basically, the Keepers, they lived in Agatha, which is like, uh, I guess, heaven. Okay, yeah, um, it's alien space heaven. Alien space heaven, yeah. So they lived there, and some Keepers then discovered a dimension that they named the Dark Ether, which was like the opposite of agatha so it's hell but going to that dimension and discovering it corrupted the keepers who went to that dimension including (laughs) including a nice yeah it happens doesn't it including a nice fella known as the shadow man which was hold on he was known about that before he got corrupted (laughs) that's the thing i don't know whether that was yeah that was his birth name his his mum was like oh what a beautiful toothy baby i love the idea of all the keepers going right we need explorers for this adventure into the dark ether (laughs) we're looking for people who aren't going to be susceptible to corruption yeah Uh, who volunteers and then it's just absolute silence from a large crowd of keepers with the shadow man just standing at the back with his hand in the air going, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Does, does anyone else want to do it? Anyone? Does Dr. You know, Monty you... want to do it? I'll talk about Dr. Monty later. Dub- double <laughs> overtime pay if anyone other than, ooh, ooh, Visa, Visa. Oh, no, you not please? you. Um, right. So these corrupted keepers including the shadow man is he their boss of the corrupted keepers like, um, he's, the, he's the main one he's like the main corrupted keeper who we give a shit about okay he and his corrupted keepers were banished from agatha to the dark ether and evolved into a different godlike toothy creature but this time they have more tentacles called the apothecons okay so they wanted to get back to heaven so they started like fighting a war and stuff Sorry, this this goofy little <laughs> killing the zombies in, during World War II mini-game yes. has a lore <laughs> that sounds like Doom Eternal meets Spawn meets Darksiders. What the yes. hell is going on here? <laughs> Why is all of this necessary? Well, see, I don't think it is, but they did it anyway. Uh, and <laughs> and one, once they started, you, you can't really stop. So they started fighting a war. Um, I, I hope uh, I hope no avid zombies fans are uh, listening because I've probably got a lot of this wrong. But the gist. I of hope it, we do because I've got some questions about <laughs> how you become an avid zombies fan. The gist of it is that so you're fighting a war to get back into heaven, but they were like, "Oh shit, we're gonna lose this war because the OGs are kind of stronger than us." Um, okay. So they knew that they were going to lose. But they were hell-bent on returning to heaven. So they planted meteors containing oh. <laughs> containing something called Element 115 or 115. So Element 115 was placed in different dimensions in order to cause chaos within the humans that resided in those dimensions. And they hoped that the humans' hubris would cause them to use element 115 to open portals to other dimensions and give them back oh, their of course. power. Um, which, to be fair, it, it worked, um, and the humans did do that. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't argue with results, I suppose. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, it... Okay, so the plan is sneak magic meteors into Earth. Could yes. they not just 
take the route that the meteors took to get to Earth, or do they just not want to come well, here? They were going to lose the war. They had to like. I think they had to keep fighting the war against the 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 gods or whatever. And like, okay. you know, it's sort of like a you're going to be banished into this um into this alternate dimension for a long time, but like you know you're sealed off. You're not dead. So then it's just yeah. a matter of like waiting for. You're in the phantom zone. Yeah. So you, you, it's just a matter of you like waiting for humans to sort you out. They're playing the long game. Exactly, they're playing the long game, and it again, in fairness to them, it worked, and um, the humans uh, started using Element One One Five to do all sorts of different things. But one of the things that Element One One Five is able to do is reanimate dead cells. Of and course, that meant that they. I don't. I mean. I don't really know how they used it. I mean, I guess that's not important because it's. So, really so this element opens portals, it opens, gives corrupted yeah, so... gods power, and resurrects the dead. And I presume it tastes nice if you spread it on your toast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this just this seems element, to do everything. This element is like just here's how we're going to explain all this magic bullshit. One one five is number one. It seems exactly. So yeah, basically that's how you get zombies and the. Um, all sorts of people have I used it love, throughout history to make. I love that all this shit. just came down to this. To this just came down to there was a meteorite with a magic rock in it. You don't need all the stuff up until then. I was happy to believe <laughs> and to understand that just where did the meteorites come from? We don't know because they came from space and we don't know where, what's up there. Yeah, now, nah, mate, they came from they came from Shadow Man. <laughs> they came from this fucking glossary of data. <laughs> came from, see, this is why this is like we were going to record this a while uh, a few days ago, and I told you I'm not ready. There's too much. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Every time I've spoken to you about this for the last week, you've just going. Give me a moment. Like, <laughs> like I, th whenever I think that I've got it down, I still don't have it down. But I, I, at some point, you gotta, you gotta just exercise your demons. And this is, this is me doing that with element one one five. With element one one five, which it can, it can do that. It... <laughs> I'm sure it can. I'm, sh I'm sure it can. It can power your car. Yeah, it's also sure known it as divinium, uh, which is very. <laughs> oh, of <laughs> course, of course it is. <laughs> or Moscovium. Which, Why was it found in Moscow? I... Um, no, it was actually first discovered by miners at Purgatory Point. Actually, that's <laughs> not a place. I mean that that's clearly a place invented for a video game. Oh, yeah, there's you know, nowhere. It's... There's nowhere in the real it's, world it's called also that. Also, right? extremely subtly named, like everything else in this series. Oh. So, if the meteorites are a plant by the Phlegathons or whatever they're called to yes the Agathans, to, yes. yeah to open portals which grants them power somehow uh yes oh sorry the apothecums are the baddies right and and humans open portals with them which is what they were hoping they would do and this grants power slash profit question mark yes but also the other side of it is the original keepers who okay right let me tell you a bit about dr monty can I oh, tell you about okay. Dr. Monty? I feel you're going to. Okay, right. Let me just read directly. Monty, like his keeper brethren, existed since the very beginning of the universe. Sorry, sorry. I have to stop there. <laughs> this god-level... I thought this was a human being. This god-level entity is called Dr. Monty. He sounds well... like a Mario character. <laughs> to me, Monty. 
Right. Yes. So essentially, that this is this is his alias as, as he's known in the human world, I believe. Right. They didn't know what to call this deified, omnipotent being. Yes. They call it Doctor Monty. Well, so Doctor Monty fought the war against Shadow Man, who used to be his buddy. Um... I'm sorry. This is sounding like a bad wrestling match. <laughs> Tonight on WWE, Dr. Monty versus the Shadow Man. I would love to watch that, uh, have you know. Am I dreaming? This is the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Monty and the Keepers took up the mantle of Guardians of the Universe, watching from afar and only Humble, interfering then. when the universe is in a state of imbalance. So, that imbalance came on October 28th, 1945. <laughs> That's so, that's so precise. I don't know. I expect the universe being unbalanced to to be a bit more slow as a process, yeah, like so the kind of thing of... that happens over millennia. The idea that just a, an alarm suddenly went off and <laughs> it's like, flat. Monty, oh shit, Monty, we're imbalanced. Give us. <laughs> All right. So four individuals called Ed, Edward Rich Tofen, who I mentioned in the in the opener, uh, Tank Dempsey. Takeo Masaki and Nikolai Belinsky, who are also known as Ultimis, for reasons that I don't think it's, we have. Time these to names make. are sounding familiar. Uh, yes, that you—they've probably been mentioned in. Um, He's cast, right? Yes, yeah. They teleported, uh, and then that meant that universe began to show instability. But Doctor Monty, despite being uh, a god um, or a godlike creature who's existed since the beginning of the universe. Um, is unable to directly interfere with a human's free will. So, he offered indirect support to these four teleporting individuals through little nudges, such as, like, his, in their efforts to fight against the zombies and, like, stop all of the dimension bullshit happening. Right. So, in order to do this, he assisted Group 935, who are a group of... Um, uh, like an international group of zombie fighting uh, gang. Is there a rest stop between the, now and the end of this story? <laughs> because this is a lot. <laughs> have a sip. Uh, have a sip of your water. It's near, uh, To be fair, there's not that much. Um, and also, he invented or he produced special elixirs known as Perca-Colas, which you might have heard of. So, uh, Dr. Monty, uh, which is what he was, he called himself in like when he was giving the humans little nudges to help them against the zombies, also created things like Juggernog and um, Speed Cola and various kitschy little old school fizzy drinks that give you, um, in the game, they're just there to give you upgrades to help you survive more rounds, which is what they're for. Yeah. But, of course, they have to have a... uh, it, an insane cosmic uh, <laughs> cosmic explanation yeah. for it. You can't just be a sugar high, can it? It's... Oh no, absolutely not. You, your your Perca Colas were created by Doctor Monty, who is a god. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you needed the, the run up to this episode. So, despite his claim of only giving little nudges, he would later influence the German scientist known as Ludwig Maxis to create the teleporter. It wasn't until... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about this bit. It wasn't okay. until the arrival of a drone carrying a human brain at a garden what? that forced Monty to take a different measure. <laughs> has, this, has this been a comedy this whole time that I didn't realise? <laughs> because... 
because if there is shit, more like, like that coming, then I am fully in favor of it. It was when it was taking itself seriously that I was kind I of. I don't it think it's taking itself too. So I, I, the, uh, in like, there's dragons as well. By the way. Um, okay, well that all that sounds like gold. It's when it was talking about this sort of war between corruption and the gods and yes, so... the dark ether and heaven and hell and meteorites. It was kind of losing me. Yes. But now that that a drone carrying a human brain turned up in heaven and, and then Monty was like. Oh, this isn't kosher. This won't fly. Drones carrying a human brain. I'm not going to interfere with free will anymore. Uh, (laughs) I love the idea of the other keepers having no context. Just going, what the hell's going on? And (laughs) Doctor Monty going, "Uh, Uh, guys, I might have Shadow Man thrown Yeah. (laughs) And then yeah, there's a bunch of shit with like uh, this Ludwig Maxis guy and his daughter Samantha, who's also a zombie summoning nutter, who is the kid whose little teddy bear is always lying around in the zombies' maps. Um, oh, this, is that the bloody teddy bear that takes the mystery box away from it? Away, yeah. No, to hell with Samantha then. Yeah, that's... I mean, she is like a... Uh, she's been corrupted by the Dark Aether as well. Oh, of course she has. However, at some point, Dr. Monty then cleansed her soul and restored her innocence. Um, however, there oh, are that's nice different them. timelines. So oh, God. didn't happen in every single one. I um, hate this. <laughs> I thought I had a grip on it, and now it's like, no, sorry, no, so this is going five-dimensional now. Yes, there are other there are other timelines um, which <laughs> have different things happening. Uh, like there's one. Is where... there a, is there a main timeline to focus? Please yes, tell me so it's not main, like Zelda the or is, is the Dark Ether one with the gods and stuff. There's another okay. one um, called the the Chaos Timeline, which is. I the... think they're all Chaos Timelines. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the Chaos Timeline starts in ancient times with the son of Zeus, whose name is Perseus, uh, uh, and is Mount Pegasus. I think you're reading the Hades wiki. <laughs> well, essentially, yeah. So it's basically Greek mythology, but there's zombies there. Um, and he's trying to take his father's throne, and there's zombies there. Essentially, that that's not the... Ma- oh, oh, you also go to, uh, go to Morocco to enforce the criminal Paris underworld? Basically, the Chaos Timeline is a completely alternate thing, which is not to do with the... Well, I don't think it's to do with the wild gods and hell demons, uh, tentacle teeth monsters, which we've been discussing this whole time. So maybe we should not get into that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, Right, so... (laughs) much i feel like how you felt last week when i told you about the slug jedi <laughs> it's just just is a lot it's a lot one other final little thing that i'm gonna mention uh before we go into a quick little game of uh two truths in a lie is one thing that feels like it should have more relevance than it actually does in the story and the history of the world and it's sort of a an example of how when you make a world and make historical things change dramatically i feel like things should they should have implications but yeah it doesn't um in november 1963 oh no a squad of oh no i know what happens in that date and oh no (laughs) so no after the cuban missile crisis john f kennedy uh richard nixon here we go (laughs) McNamara and Fidel Castro all meet up in the Pentagon to discuss an alliance 
in order to try and stop no, the Maxis and the zombies. Um, oh, oh. However, instead, a zombies level happens, so uh, a zombie outbreak occurs. <laughs> hey, I um, I do remember that one actually. A zombie outbreak that was happens, very stupid. And then, like, some guy, some Russian guy, comes out and like steals your gun and stuff. And he was sent directly by Samantha, who is the teddy bear girl. Um, but but she's still evil at that point. Uh, yes, she's evil at that point. She's like got a demon voice and stuff. Um, but of course. nothing actually. Like, they survive, and at the end of the day, like I don't know. It feels weird that historical events, despite this giant change, are, are the same. Like, sorry, I have to thing. ask: Is this all canon with the rest of Call of Duty? So I don't really know because I I saw in in one aspect of zombies law that a character was captured during the battle of stalingrad the battle of stalingrad is a thing that happened in real life yes in call of duty games but also in the zombies timeline i don't think that's specifically canon in relation to the wars and stuff however there's a lot of kind of weird crossover between mason and the numbers and mk ultra and all that stuff that makes it far too much to go into for this for today to be honest fair i have one more question yes are you sure this whole... you have one more question that seems unlikely well i have a feeling it will branch into more questions because of the horrible fractal nature of this story do tell this whole thing starts with a war between <laughs> dr monty and shadow man <laughs> I couldn't say it without laughing. I really tried. Did was there a winner or is it ongoing? Well, the winner was like the the heaven dwellers. So like Dr. Monty and his gang beat Shadow Man and that's why they had to put zombies into the human world. Right. However, oh, so they're, was... so they're doing the meteorite plan essentially from prison rather than while fighting on the front I line. I think they're doing it while fighting, but knowing they're going to lose. Okay, it's, it's a last ditch. Yeah, sort it's of like a oh shit, we're about to get we're about to get beat down. Let's like put big rocks with zombie juice on Earth. The Apothecons did have a war with humans in twelve ninety two as well. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were rescued yeah, that, by... that's in the history books that is yeah no exactly they, they were rescued by um time travelers with a uh, back punch machine and oh. uh, four staffs with the power of wind fire ice and something the avatar i don't know um... <laughs> and captain planet yeah <laughs> yeah essentially there was an there was also a great war in 1292 which was not the Great War as we know it in history. It was in 1292. And uh, seven years of war, four time traveller heroes known as Primus defeated the Apothecons together with the Keepers and brought the Great War to the end. But the, uh, And they were led by a man called the Wolf King who uh, had two wolves as pets. And that's why he was called the Wolf King. And then they told the Wolf King to build a castle and that was like a zombies map as well. <laughs> Um, this is insane yes and then several years later honoring the wolf king's dying request his loyal servant arthur scattered and buried his bones in the roots of in in the grounds of der eisendrasha sorry by the king's wolf arthur was then teleported by temporal rifts 
2025 Angola. <laughs> I fucking... <laughs> you ready for two truths and a lie? <laughs> I I don't know. Is the honest question. Um, I think. I think <laughs> this is insane. Why is any of this necessary? Why it's... did this have to be in it? What was this all for? Why does it have to be this untangled, comprehensible law? I'm sorry, that just pushed me too far, that last bit. (laughs) It shows up in 2025 Angola. Why not? (laughs) Why not at that point? You were so chill at the start of this. You were like, oh yeah, the... (laughs) Doing your little jokes in the intro. I've had enough. It's just insane. Not not anymore. Let's do two truths and a lie. Let's bring it down. Let's calm it. Calm it a little bit. Take a deep breath. So, are you ready for number one? Yeah, I guess. The ray gun was named after the inventor of the ray gun, Professor Raymond of Group 935. Oh, for God's sake. Number two. Templar and Crusader zombies were discovered long before the Nazis began Element 115 research. Right. Number three. John Banana was a marine who wrote limericks about his zombified friends. The problem is that these are all as ridiculous as what <laughs> you've been telling me. And and my, yes. my scope for nonsense has been broken. I have no barometer for common sense. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let me just go through them. The ray gun is named after a man named Raygun. Called Professor Raymond. No, not Ray not Ray Gun. That'd be ridiculous. That would be sure. <laughs> <laughs> the ray gun was named after the inventor of the ray gun professor raymond of group 935 element 115 as we've discussed was is able to animate dead cells but um group 935 which of course as you remember was supported by dr monty yep was also used to create the ray gun and then from the ray gun professor raymond and group 935 also created the other wonder weapons which all exist and there are loads of them and they're all just like powerful guns that kill zombies okay i so his name is raymond does he have a last name professor raymond i don't know raymond gunnison i don't know well that well that's what i'm wondering (laughs) that is what i'm wondering Because it would not be beyond this series at this point. <laughs> Professor Raymond my Gunnison. My name's Raymond Gunnison, and I <laughs> Ray Gun. And only after he does that does someone lean over and go, funny coincidence, if you actually listen to your name, <laughs> I was, I'm, you're right, that never occurred oh to me. God. That's nominative determinism for you. It's just what a wonderful coincidence it is. I, sorry, his name wasn't Raymond Gunnison. <laughs> No, but that's what I'm wondering. What was his full name? I don't know his full name. Okay. Professor Raymond. The second one? Uh, The second one, I can't even remember now. Crusader and Templar zombies. Oh, yeah. So they they walked around. Was one of them Margaret Thatcher? uh, (laughs) One of them was not Margaret Thatcher, unfortunately. Um, Although she is dead. She is, well done. Honk if Thatcher's dead. Honk. Yeah, so the Crusader zombies are just a type of zombie that appear in zombies mode, and they wear Crusader uniforms, and um, are also Templar zombies exist, and they are Templars, and they wear Templar uniforms and little little helmets and stuff. And yeah, they fought in the Great War against the Apothecons, but also died um, and are now Crusader zombies. 
Right. And okay. Templar zombies. Sorry, I apologize for forgetting the Templar zombies. Basically, the story of those two are the same. They are just fancy zombies. Yeah. Okay. And the third one. The third one was that a uh, a soldier named uh, John Mr. Banana. Banana. Yeah. Uh, wrote limericks about his zombified friends. Okay. See, that was the one that immediately leapt out and screamed at me as the lie. But the problem is, it's not any less weird than some of the stuff we've been talking about. So I have no reason to assume it is a lie. So he wrote limericks. He wrote limericks, yeah. I, I won't ask you to recite them from memory, but can you give me a flavour of what they were like? Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, there once was a zombie who called Bombi, who I then had to kill him uh, with my hands. No, sorry, that's with Bobby. With yeah, <laughs> uh, he wrote. They wrote the matter zombie five friends. So like, um, I had a friend called John. He put a hat on. He. <laughs> I, I put a lot of pressure. I didn't ask for a recitation. Like I said, I just wanted a general tone and and yeah, it's, they're kind of like upbeat, silly limericks about his how his friends turned into zombies. Are these limericks. And how he was forced to kill findable them. documents in one of the zombie yeah, things. So you can, Is that you where can they're find from? Find recordings of the limericks in um in yeah radio intel thingies that you find around the map in uh, one of the games. Recordings. God, I thought it'd be written down, but it's somehow so much weirder that you can hear him saying them. I, so, I think some of them are written um, down, and some of them you can hear. So he invented the ray gun using element 115. Yes. It doesn't surprise me that it also does that. I mean, why not at this point? Yes, so element 115 creates wonder weapons and also does any uh, unexplained magic bullshit. With it. Penetrates dimensions and all the yes. other things. Yes. Uh, and yeah, as you said, tastefully. And fits nicely in a meteorite, which is yes. good. Oh yeah, you can put it in a meteorite and then put it on whatever planet you feel like um, from from your imprisonment. In in any location that's thematically appropriate, like Purgatory Road or whatever it was. <laughs> Purgatory Road, yeah, exactly. I think that's in Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> okay. And this was invented... That group, Group 935, was it? Yes, so I've not, I've not talked a huge amount about Group 935. But, who, um, who did they work for? Because all the early zombie maps feel vaguely Nazi placed. Yes. So, so were they Nazi group scientists? Group 935 worked with the German Empire, the Nazis, Japan, and the Soviet Union. So they're basically like a bunch of like zombie-loving science fascists, <laughs> I guess. Okay, I'm, I'll be honest, I they just sound like hydra now for uh pretty much captain yeah. america and marvel like just gen just generally work a day evil organization yeah they'll they'll like e yeah evil for evil for pay uh like they'll they'll do your bit aren't, aren't we all <laughs> exactly and yeah basically they worked alongside dr monty in order to create juggernaut quick revive speed cola double tap root beer all of that all of that stuff Oh, and they created the monkey bomb as well. Cool. That, that one doesn't seem so impressive. I mean, it is just one of those monkey toys with a bomb strapped to it. Yes, but I guess it does work with... Um... It does work. I'm not, I'm not decrying the invention. I'm just saying that if you've made a ray gun and a lightning blaster, strapping a symbol monkey toy that costs £15 or whatever 
to a bit of dynamite and going, look at that, this stands up with the rest of them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel that's sort of a that's a Friday afternoon invention I mean, where everyone's Banana, looking to go um, home. John Banana discovered a monkey bomb and wrote a limerick about it as well. Of course he did. You know what? I was going to say that one's the lie, but you've kind of turned <laughs> me around there. <sighs> Here's the thing. I think that the Templar one is true because there is nothing in that that is demonstrably more weird than anything. That seems almost mundane at yeah, this point. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? You... That just, say, that just oh, says, yeah. we already established that there were zombies throughout history with all the different timelines. <laughs> yeah, there's time travel. You can have zombies whenever you want. Time travels and timelines. That's true, yeah. yeah. I'm sick with annoyance. Um <laughs> And so the idea of the Templar ones, sure, that's just a specific era of zombies. That's perfectly acceptable to me. Um, when it comes to the other two, I am completely torn because I want to say the ray gun one is the lie because I feel like that's not quite so weird that it... I almost feel like it's a double bluff because the other one's so much weirder. But then my brain goes, you can't accept John Banana's <laughs> limericks about zombies as the truth. That can't be real. If you say, and and you've trapped me now because my heart says the ray gun is the lie. But if I go with that, and then you tell me, well, of course the other one's the lie. I'm gonna have to be on this episode saying that I believed in John Bananas and his zombie limericks, and I'm gonna look like a fool. So what are you go with then, Joe? <sighs> I'm going with. John Banana. It can't be John. Ba John Banana is not real. John he can't Banana be is the lie. John Banana is not real. Yes, I can't. John I, Banana and... was a Marine who wrote limericks. No, five friends. No. So was it the Raygun one? Re Professor Raymond does not exist. Uh, oh, the Raygun was named because it is a gun that shoots rays. Joe, you have broken me in the last <laughs> half hour. Would you I like? I think my, my poor attempt at an impromptu limerick might have been the tough one. <laughs> um, but would you like to hear the limerick, or at least one of John Banana's limericks, that you can't, you play as John Banana. You've probably, if you played World at War, you've probably played as John Banana. What? Which one was he in? He was, was, he in, in the map, was he just one of the cast? He was playable in the map Verrucht in Call of Duty World at War Zombies mode. No, I was I was John Banana the whole time. <laughs> you were always John Banana, and yeah. So he, all of the information left by him can be found on pieces of paper as limericks. Oh, so God. him and his mate Smokey. Um, <laughs> he was also friends with uh, that that fella called Tank as well. Of course, Tank, yeah. Smokey, and John Banana. Sorry, <laughs> is John Banana's his real name, uh, or is that like a joke name that his friends gave it? My name is John. They call me Banana. I once worked at a Tex-Mex cabana, but now I am here. As Sorry, is this a quote? Yes, this is a quote. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. As Walking Dead near with nothing on me but a bandana. Um, it, this is like Evil Dead after a head injury. This is ridiculous. <clears throat> I once knew a soldier named Smokey. Oh, he slapped boy. me on the head and awoke me. Turns out he was dead. I cut off his head. Yet, but headless, he still tried to choke me. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was better than I thought it would be, I'll be honest. Despite the scary, anxious feeling, killing Walking Dead is appealing. My first kill felt great. 
Felt like... <laughs> I've not said this out loud before. My first kill felt great. Felt like my first date. Kicking their brains right up to the ceiling. <laughs> okay, that one was more along the lines of what I was expecting. Yeah. Smokey and I were trapped in a room. We accepted our impending doom. Till we noticed a monkey, which seemed kind of funky. Until we threw it and it went boom. Oh, Christ, they're getting worse. <laughs> oh, the wow, first this is a long one was alright, and now they're just getting terrible. I, th- I don't think this is a limerick. Um, it's just a poem. Field report. Oh, he's branching out. Yeah. Oh, is, it, is it a limerick? I don't know. Can limericks be longer than... I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're five lines. Standard. Field report. A quiet retort. The mission has all gone south. It's Johnny here. Smokey is near. Most likely with meat in his mouth. <laughs> We've been here for ages. I ran out of pages, but now I have a mic to record. The mission has failed. McCain must have bailed, and now we must fight off a horde. We came to Verrucked with low ammo and luck. Oh, Verrucked? With low ammo and luck, and now Smokey's lost his head. We went down the halls. They bit Smokey's balls, and now he walks with the dead. They call me Banana. I worked at a cabana. I rhymed to keep myself sane. Though Smokey's dead, I'm holding his head. But right now, he's eating my brain. What? <laughs> so, and that's his cause of death. He got killed by a zombified Smokey. What, just the head? He cut off his head, and I think he got choked. Wait, no, he tried to... I don't know, but you can only... It's, an, it's a really... He said at the end there that he was holding Smokey's severed head, but apparently Smokey, as a severed head, overpowered him and ate his brain. I mean, we're out here listening listen to limericks written by a man named Banana who worked in a cabana. That's his real name? <laughs> no, they call him Banana. It, okay, what's his real name? John. John Pomegranate or something like that. <laughs> we don't know his full name. He's just called John and they called him Banana. I okay. don't know why, because he worked at a cabana, but I don't is it a misspelling of bandana or something? Maybe because he did wear a bandana. Yeah, that that's what I thought when it when it said it early on. I was like, maybe. Um, but no, his name is John Banana, and he writes limericks. And you've just heard all four <laughs> of his poems. Um, the whole repertoire of yeah, John Banana. Uh, <laughs> and you thought that was a lie. I can you blame me? <laughs> I would have never have lived it down if I said that was true and, and it had turned oh, out to be yeah. a lie. I, I, that honestly, would have hung over me like, so... like a telltale heart for the rest of my life. Yeah, you'll see John Banana in your, in your dreams. You'll hear it, Killing Walking Dead felt great, but it felt like my first date in your dreams. You'll, you'll be clawing away at your head like Smokey. Uh, but you can only it's re- just like, so it's, it is a it's oh, an unreliable narrator right like it's a it's the ramblings of a madman who's in a zombie apocalypse who's just killed decapitated his zombified best friend you know that's uh that's john banana for you and that's uh call of duty zombies i hope you are you're in a, a position of less understanding than you were when you entered this uh, podcast i actually feel stupider yeah I, I don't remember. I don't remember where my car's parked now. It's just <laughs> all this has just driven so much helpful information out of my brain. <laughs> You've forgotten something very important. I'm gonna have supper later. So I'm gonna pick up the knife and fork, and I'm just gonna be staring at them, going, "What happens now?" <laughs> gonna write a limerick about it. It's just John Banana limericks, <laughs> where there should be all this helpful information. <laughs> John Banana. 
I love him. What a king. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. I'm going to have to get revenge on you for this episode. <laughs> this is awful. Thank you all for listening to the ramblings of um, of a couple of cards. Uh, and John Banana, our our best friend, and he is not going to be the pe- like the mascot of I this show. John I love John <laughs> I think he's great. And yeah, I, I hope you tune in to uh, to our next episode, with, in which Joel will be uh, going through a wiki of his very own that I've uh, never never set foot into. Tell us about. Yes, that. Uh, next week we plan to secure, contain, and protect as we dip into the wiki of the SCP Foundation. Yeah, so I'm excited to hear more about this. I'll um, probably not look into it at all to uh, preserve the surprise and also because I can't be bothered and my my brain is sick of wikis for the week after um, what I've just put myself through. Uh, Just know this, Joel, I've put you through a fraction of (laughs) of what I had to deal with for this episode. I I believe you, and yet I'm still not grateful. When I asked you last week what you were gonna do, and you said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do zombies," I just thought it would be fairly mundane. I didn't think you were planning up to kick me in the temple. <laughs> this has just been so weird. We went down the halls. They bit smoking smoky balls, and now we stop saying that. They call me banana. I worked at a couple. You're just opening the trauma again. Alright, well thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James MacLaw. Um, and uh, Joel is also on, on the on the internet. Yes, at Joel Franey. Thank you for listening to Margaret Thatcher, 10 plus by. I do hope you'll tune in. We'll see you next week. And uh, on behalf of me at least, I'm so sorry. I'm so not sorry. I... And I and I will get vengeance on behalf of all of us for what James has done to us tonight. Thank you all for going through this with me. It's honestly means a lot. Have a lovely rest of your day. So sorry.